Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. The Reverend Captain Kickass is here. And Bigless Mountaineer. Sam Bankman Fraud has, as you know, if you've been paying attention to the news, he's been arrested now for a few days, I think at this point, maybe several days, uh, and just recently has determined he doesn't want to stay in the Bahamas after all. I don't know if you guys heard that the jail they're holding him in there, Fox Hill Jail, is... One of the worst in the world? Known for supposedly being one of the worst in the world. Now, I I heard that it was as bad as, like, the top five worst jails. I'm I'm trying to remember because I think I had an argument with uh, Mark Edge about, uh, is it uh, Bahamian? Is that how it's pronounced? I think so, yeah. you know, if you're from the Bahamas, you're a Bahamian? Bahamian, yeah. Okay. Not not a Bohemian. Not necessarily a Bohemian, yeah. Right, yeah. That's (laughs) different. Slightly different, yeah. I thought he was enjoying himself uh, on the beach, drinking Mai Tais, while his uh, entire organization and his uh, sister organization, or wife's organization, or whatever the mm-hmm. heck the, the other chick was heading up the other thing, I thought they I were just, just enjoying themselves, wa- watching it all go down and being like, ha-ha, MFs. Oh, I thought he had a little apartment with a Toyota Corolla, because <laughs> this wasn't about him. It's about no. saving the planet. Right, right. It wasn't like a $40 million house that he was living in or right, something right. like that, right? Uh, but now he's living in a jail cell with apparently four or five other guys at the uh, Fox Hill Jail, an overcrowded prison known for being filthy and one that has been accused of prison maltreatment. This according to news.bitcoin.com. We had a story this earlier this week that was all about Fox Hill and some of the allegations there. They've got allegedly they got a, a rats problem, lots of rats running around the building. Uh, they had to stop allowing the men to eat in the jail cells because it was just attracting more vermin and uh, cockroaches and, and things like that. I, I don't feel bad for this guy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm tremendously pleased about this part of it, because uh, if you think about it, there's almost no circumstance in which he would ever experience what the effects of poverty would be like, mm. except for this. That's an interesting point. I mean, I, I don't want to see people who, they're not like violent criminals, go to jail. I sure. don't think that's really necessary. Uh, but- well, I mean, okay, so if you think about the damage that this man's done to uh, what is very probably our only escape plan from universal fiat currency and the perpetual war that it creates, like, no, he, you are a mass murderer assistant. I mean, he's definitely given money to politicians. So, I mean, from that perspective, he is definitely not a good guy. Well, There's he's, no doubt. He's just a bit of money you know almost yeah. george soros level of uh, donations and uh, and we know that that is going directly to murdering children across the world that's a good point so by but proxy he right. is a killer if we go back to the banking crisis of 2008 right when the mm-hmm. banks collapsed and then all of a sudden the government's like oh too big to fail we've got to rape the taxpayers to keep these banks afloat mm-hmm. what should have happened in 2008 was any bank that was participating in these, we'll call them illicit activities, should have been allowed to just collapse. Sure. They've they, they've done a disservice to the free market, to their customers, and so they should not be allowed to exist as an organization. Or if they're going to exist as an organization, they got to start a new one and learn from the past, right? So in this particular case, here's an organization, FTX, which engaged in some uh, you know disreputable practices yeah and as a result has collapsed and it should 
Indeed. And so should the, uh, what's the sister company that I can't think of? Alameda Research. Yeah. So both of those should be gone. They should not be allowed to exist. But would the 2008 situation have been made any different or any better had the heads of those banks that you're saying should have been allowed to collapse all been thrown into a prison cell and then the taxpayers forced to keep them there for the next two decades? I mean, I'll donate. It, it depends on your perspective, right? I wasn't necessarily affected by the banking scandal or uh, scandal directly, mm-hmm. right? But there were a bunch of people who were. So, in their perspective, I bet you they they would be pretty happy with those guys well, sure, going th- to jail. That's because people tend to love to punish those who commit whatever these acts are, even though they themselves are never made whole by these punishments. Right. A banker or a bank man, in this case, sitting in a prison cell for the rest of his life, isn't going to successfully make any of his victims whole. Yeah, you are correct. And I like, kind of like what it does the, to the incentive structure, though. What do you mean by that? Okay, so if you if it is a well-known fact that you can engage in this kind of mass fraud mm-hmm. and what usually happens is oh nothing then okay all of your incentives are to engage in as much fraud as you possibly can if on the other hand there's at least some kind of chance that you might end up in a rat infested cell you at least think huh well maybe there's a a a, a risk to this benefit did he think about that did he yeah at the time Hell if I know. I mean, because there were other people who've gone to cells before. I believe the Enron guy went, right, at some point 20 yeah. years and, ago or And whatever. I'll admit, this is sort of the, the, there is an ambivalence to this because you'll notice it's only this form of fraud that is getting punished. Like, they won't punish the, the everyday fraud that exists in their financial structure, mm-hmm. which is like the absolutely the top to bottom. Yeah. I mean, the, the entire, like... The whole thing about 2008 is that we actually got a glimpse at what was actually happening. So we were talking about how I don't think, even though he has you know, allegedly defrauded people in this particular case, that he deserves to go to prison. I think prison should be reserved for people who are not willing to make things right with their victims, for people who are violent criminals who are not sorry for their actions and not willing to you know, make restitution. Well, I think this man is incredibly dangerous, and if you let him run around, he's going to do this kind of nonsense again. So like you were saying that uh, this isn't violence, but okay. Let, let me ask you uh, just two quick questions. Sure. Like, if I steal this laptop from you, is that violence? Well, if you do it in my presence, then I'm probably going to try to stop you, and then you'll have to use violence. Oh, so if I don't, so if I'm really, really dodgy, then it doesn't count as violence. No, that would just be a, an act of theft in that case. So you don't think theft is is fundamentally violent? No, I don't think so. Okay, if well, somebody doesn't get hurt or there's I no potential kind of, for them to get hurt, then it's by definition not violence. What if I had a Star Trek teleporter? It's a property and violation borrowed your, and borrowed your kidney while you slept. Now we're getting pretty silly, but it's a uh, it's it's a property rights violation. You right. have taken something that doesn't belong to you, and you owe restitution. Violating Batman property, fraud owes property rights restitution. is fundamentally a violent act. And there's no violence that, involved. Go look up the definition of violence. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. Harming someone is violent. Now, if you harm them subtly, like poisoning you, mm-hmm. like I'm not slapping you across the face with my cyanide, but I am harming you. Well, you are I'm harming causing the individual. You damage. Is there case. violence involved in taxation? Because we all say taxation is theft. Well, taxation is actually extortion because okay. we know there are men with guns who are going to come. But, but for the most part, every time a taxation transaction occurs, no violence occurs. The only violence that occurs is when you resist. Well, you are the being taxation. threatened with violence. Correct. You are being told 
whether they tell, they're telling you the first time or later on that right. if you don't cooperate with the criminals, they are going to hurt you. Right. It's the unwritten. That is a threat of violence. You know, sort of threat. Right. So it it does exist. Within that is the very different from somebody who is just depriving you of property without a threat. That's if, the difference. There's a difference somebody, between that's not and, what this is like at all, though. So this whole thing that he was doing had everything to do with the state's threats of violence on everyone. What do you mean by that? So uh, the fact that we're forced to use currencies that are constantly losing their value mm-hmm. puts us in a position where we are desperate to try and find some way to hold on to a bit of our value. So that's a big part of this whole scenario. You have to consider that he is always operating under the, the help of the state and its violence. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Can you clarify? So uh, you have to use U.S. dollars, and they're going to keep printing them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so everyone is in this circumstance where I cannot hold on to money. I cannot become more secure. If you do hold on to money, it's going to lose value. I got TJ the spy on the line, though, in Colorado. Go ahead, TJ. Yeah, I've decided to take the nobody name change challenge. Nobody, the co-host of Free Talk Live. Really? Has changed. Yes, I've decided to actually go to court and change my name to TJ the Spy. Oh, and excellent. James, <laughs> and, James, and James, my husband, is telling me, no, you can't do that. Oh. You're being a naughty kitty cat. I have a question, <laughs> TJ. Will When you change your name legally to TJ the Spy, is the T and the J going to be an abbreviation, or will that be your actual name? It's a good question. That will be my first name. Okay. First name was TJ. Middle name, uh, the. Well, well, you know, it's funny because TJ Park, Travis Jared Park, that's named after the two dudes who found me in a park. So I'm like, Travis Talbot oh. and Jared Tompkins. So I was like, oh, I'll just... Dudes, well, you saved my life, and I'm glad to be alive. Thank you for taking me to the ER. And uh, reviving me from huh. the brink of death, and wow. so I said, "I didn't know that story." Me either. Oh, good. Well, I'm full of stories. Well, see, that's the thing. James <laughs> is like, "God, honey, we've been together so long. I know all your stories." <laughs> uh, hey, uh, uh, I so just wanted to say while you're on the phone, uh, thanks. Uh, if you can send thanks to Mr. Bitcoin for his appearance. Uh, at the Crypto oh, Six Trail. I'm so glad. I hope Joa finds a way through peace, love, and liberty in Bitcoin. That when he's Mr. Bitcoin, he will always be friendly and kind to the children. And, and, um, well, I just know, think it's wonderful that there's been more than one person inside the Mr. Bitcoin outfit at yeah. this point. It's sort of making the the rounds, apparently, to different activists who are willing to it's pretty great. take makes on it, the personality. Makes it an idea, like Batman. Yeah, you can never kill Mr. Bitcoin. <laughs> exactly. Right, right? <laughs> exactly, and that's why I gave it to your church. It was only a quarter, well, you know, it was only a, a well, anyway... It was a lot, many thousands of it dollars. It was very expensive uh, to I make that it. outfit. Thank you, TJ, for that. It's, uh, it's a wonderful addition to the activism well, the community. the miracle of it is if you look inside Mr. Bitcoin, you'll see he's really a Russian spy. <laughs> made in Russia. No joke. He was designed in Great Britain, made in Russia, and then shipped here to America to appear to us. Awesome. So is that is that WHO approved or... World Health Organization? Uh, uh, UN approved? Uh, you know, I don't know. Sam Bankman fraud is apparently had some sort of a signal chat room entitled Wire Fraud? Yeah, so uh, this from Jamie Redman over at Bitcoin.com, right? News.Bitcoin.com, uh-huh. one of my favorite uh, authors on the subject. 
Uh, Bankman-Fried's media tour comes to an end. AFR report claims that FTX insiders had a secret signal chat group named Wire Fraud. <laughs> Do we know anything about the contents wow. uh, of this group? Uh, let's see. Uh, blah, blah, blah. This is some lead up into, you know, sort of a recap as mm-hmm. to of what happened. Of what happened. Yeah. Uh, and how do we know this? There was uh, presumably someone who was in this group that has leaked the details. Prior to SBF's arrest in the Bahamas, a report published by the Australian Financial Review, AFR, mm-hmm. detailed that FTX's SBF and his inner circle used a secret chat group called Wire Fraud. AFR's United States correspondent Matthew Cranston said, AFR has learned that FTX founders Sam Bankman Fraud and uh, Zizio Gary Wang, along with FTX engineer Nishad Singh and former Alameda Research Chief Executive Caroline Ellison, used a chat group on Signal in the hope that the information would remain hidden. Uh, wow. 24 hours after the FR report was published, Bakeman Freed was arrested. The FTX co-founder was also indicted by a federal grand jury, et cetera. You know the rest of this. Mm-hmm. So it was a report by an Australian uh, financial review, AFR, uh, that sort of triggered this knowledge. Okay, that there so, was some but we don't know. Absolutely mind-blowing. Okay, but we don't know at this point who revealed this information or if any details of the actual contents of the chat have been made public. They're just saying... Someone saying this existed. We have no. We have no actual way of proving that at this point. Uh, I haven't looked at the linked article, but I will do so here in, in moments okay. while we continue the show. It seems like a really stupid idea. I mean, to to do something like that. It's like well, a well, bad I mean, plan. If drugs are a heck of a drug, and mm-hmm. he was on a, a lot, lot of them. them. And and if you're thinking to yourself that. I have this super excellent, secure, unhackable texting program on my phone that messages will disappear and, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you think for you know, maybe wrongly, right, that mm-hmm. no one is ever going to see that, you get a little cocky. Yeah, <laughs> for and sure. you name your chats things like Wirefront. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the, the drugs this guy was on, one of the things that they do is they intensify your propensity to take bigger and bigger risks. Mm-hmm. So like, haha, I am so smart. I am invincible. Well, and he probably thought so. He was giving a lot of money to a lot of politicians and figured that was going to buy him some favors. I figured it was going to buy him some favors. Me too. I mean, give me $10 billion, I might think I'm invincible too. And who knows? It may indeed still yet buy him some favors. After spending some time behind bars, he'll probably get bailed out eventually. In the case of Sam Bankman fraud, it appears there may be billions of dollars of fraud in his particular case, if if the allegations are to be believed. It is worthy to note that neither the article that I brought in nor the linked article within the article specifies where they found out that they allegedly used a signal chat somebody, labeled wire fraud. Somebody said mm. something. One of the participants in the chat took a screenshot and sent it to a Fed or something like that, or sent it to the media or something like that. There's definitely going to be people rolling on each other in this situation. In fact, I read an well, article today saying one of his insiders has already been talking to the right, Fed. I thought it was a Miss uh, Ellison or something like that. I'm not sure which one. No, but, the word was she hasn't surfaced yet or whatever, oh, but okay. it was somebody else, like a CEO or CTO. Yeah, I think I read something. something where there was somebody that is 
is working with the feds that yeah. was a, an executive or of yep. that level at Guaranteed. FTX. Yeah, and Guaranteed. I'd say send it to someone in the media because if you send it to a fed, it'll probably just get buried. These guys are all going to stab each other in the back as quickly as they possibly can in this particular case. And, you know, they probably should because it looks like they may have actually been committing fraud uh, mm-hmm. against people. Now, to be fair, you got to remember whenever the feds accuse somebody of something, they are prone to lying and blowing up their case Very beyond much. what they actually have. So you should always take uh, the du- Justice Department press releases with a grain of salt. We did share yeah, maybe definitely. a few grains of salt. Uh, we did share their statement earlier this week about these allegations. And further, this particular media story has no real evidence behind it. So even presuming even let's the, presume uh, the, signal, the wire fraud, yeah. sig- alleged wire fraud signal group that mm. these people were operating, first of all, let's presume it's true. Let's presume there is actually somebody took a screenshot of their signal group with a group called Wire Fraud and showed the members, including Sam Bankman uh, Fraud. He, by the way, denied this prior to being arrested because apparently, as you pointed out, Captain, this story broke about the Wire Fraud signal group before he got arrested. So he actually had a chance to take to his Twitter account and say, quote, if this is true, then I wasn't a member of that inner circle. He says, I'm quite sure it's just false. I've never heard of such a group. So he denied it. But let's presume it did exist. For all we know, it's a group of them talking about how to prevent wire fraud. We do not know Fact, what, yeah. right? Like they're dealing with an exchange and exchanges are getting wires in all the time from right. their from their clients who want to deposit U.S. dollars to the exchange so they can buy Bitcoin or whatever other cryptos are on right. the exchange. Even and you know ca- they're dealing with fraudsters trying right. to in, in many, send uh, fraudulent, fraudulent wires. In many organizations, particularly tech organizations, whenever there's some sort of you know possibility for fraud or whatever, uh, there will be different people assigned to a team to help prevent that. Right. Uh, the same kind of goes for like uh, fire safety, right? In mm-hmm. any organization that has a terrestrial office that people go to generally somebody is assigned to be sort of the the resident fire guy to yeah. make sure all the fire safety stuff is but in if, line but if you make like a fire safety chat you don't call it arson we know government doesn't move quickly but in some respects they sort of gave him a chance to self-disappear he could have gone to Russia in that amount of time, that's yeah. for sure. You know, he probably has the fundage available to mm-hmm. him to Especially retire. if he robbed his own exchange the day after the night that they declared bankruptcy. Someone went into a back door at the FTX exchange, the now bankrupt FTX exchange, the yeah. same night, right. and emptied their vaults of whatever they had left, basically. Like $300 plus million dollars worth of cryptos mm. got jacked out of the uh, the FTX exchange that night. And, you know, was it him? No one knows where that knows. went. But, yeah. like, and he, he had did plenty have the of opportunity. Time, yeah, and he had plenty of time to uh, Epstein himself if he wanted to, you know, fake his own death and change his face and move to a new country. Maybe uh, the reason they're going out after him is so they can say they did something right because there has been a lot of public outrage about this certainly people as uh, large as uh, what tom brady i think the football star ostensibly lost a lot of money that he had stored with ftx so some fairly high level people were involved in this particular company i'm not sure of the numbers because they also paid him to be a spokesperson so sure. there, there's a bunch of famous people that FTX paid. They they paid for ads during yeah. like the Super Bowl, that kind of a thing. So they threw money at this thing. Now, am I going to become a customer of FTX just because 
Tom frickin' Brady as their spokesperson? I would hope not. Not me, but I would but there's a venture lot of people to guess. Who would. A lot of people saw that and yeah. were like, oh, Tom Brady's, I should mm-hmm. throw some money at this thing. Right. So let's say they did this just for the image uh, you know, of being able to say, look, we did this. Look, we're doing something over here. Here we are, the Justice Department. We're going to get justice in this case. And then, of course, when Bankman takes a sweetheart plea deal that results in a little bit of probation, maybe a couple years or whatever, a probation and a promise to pay back his victims or whatever it will uh, will yeah. entail, then they'll pat themselves on the back and they'll say, well, we did our job. We got our conviction. He's now a felon. And OK, everybody gets to go home. And then by that time, the media frenzy, because this will be two years down the line or six months or whatever it'll be, the media frenzy won't be what it was well, and it won't have as big of an impact. There's also still a, a significant chance that he will end up being the poster boy for, for regulation. So Brandy he's going to come back and be like, I'm paying my debt to society mm-hmm. by helping the FBI crack down on these other. Mm. Yeah. Well, now, one thing he has apparently said since he was not arrested, but since this whole thing has happened was he did take to the Internet at some point and talk crap about regulators. So while he was. Really? Yeah. While he was SBF. The, post arrest? Yeah. No, not post arrest. Post the crash. Post the oh. S, uh, the FTX crash. Because before the crash, he was, he was all a big about regulation. pro-regulation yeah. guy. And then he changed his tune huh. after the FTX crash. Yeah, a, a big part of like what we are grappling with here is the fog of war. Mm-hmm. And make no mistake, this is an information war that we are already in. So you don't know, like, was this like when this gets released? These like screenshots of these chats that he's had mm-hmm. are they legitimate? Sure. How do you like, know? Did he actually say those things? Mm-hmm. Okay, if he said those things, did he believe those things? Like, which side of this is he actually on? And there's just no real way it's hard to know. To know. Here's the the overriding lesson that I think everybody who's listening, uh, if you haven't learned it already, need to learn right now. Government is untrustworthy. I'm going to take one toe into Alex Jones' territory yes, and uh, say I am a little suspicious about whether or not he is actually in that jail. I would like some proof on that one. Like, I want Hmm. someone to head down there, like, give me a little bit of smartphone footage of him in a terrible cell with with uh, way too many people. if Hillary Clinton headed down there and took a selfie with herself and him, that would satisfy you? Yeah, well, So, uh, Bahamas, by the way, I just looked at the economic freedom rankings here for 2020. Yeah, for, the Bahamas? For listeners that aren't familiar with this ranking, it's there are a couple of them that come out on the internet. I think Heritage Foundation does one. This one's the Fraser Institute. Okay. Uh, and they do one of those fancy little, like, interactive maps where you can look at the whole world, and there's, like, different colors for different areas that some are more free, some are not as free. Uh, there's some, some bad news overall, and that is that almost every country, at least in the top 100, has been going down uh, on the economic freedom rankings. And, and maybe that's because of the COVID situation, which mm. just began uh, sort of at the beginning part of that's this ranking. point. I hadn't thought of that, that because mm, the, the world basically got grounded for right. the duration of COVID. Right. And, yeah. and even the Chinese are still grounded to some extent. Um, 
that it would affect these freedom rankings, these, you know, liberty rankings. Yeah, and they actually in like this is like a 400 page study. But if you kind of look at the intro to it, they give you a little they sort of set the table for what they're going to tell you. And they point out that this is based on they call the fiscal year, which ends in like the end of June, apparently. So 2020. They have the numbers for 2020, but it's only through the end of June. So we really only started to see the beginnings of the brutality caused to the economy by the crackdowns of the world governments are only starting to be reflected in these numbers. It won't be until next year when they're able to crunch the full numbers for fiscal year 2021 then we'll really start to see what happens to the various different economic freedom rankings here. But already, they are overall down across the board. Uh, Surprise. The Bahamas here at uh, number 71. Now, what they give you is a potential 10 points. So the highest freedom ranking would be a 10-point score. Uh, The number one still even with all of the China crackdowns and all of the things that have been happening in Hong Kong since uh, China took over in the late 1990s from uh, from Great Britain, Hong Kong's still the number one most economically play, uh, free place on the planet, according That's to the Fraser Institute and study. I, and I tip my hat to the Hong Kong people because they have been fighting hard to yeah. keep that. Estonia, right behind the U.S. Uh, U.S., by the way, getting 7.97, so not even 8 out of 10. And then Estonia, just two two one-hundredths of a point behind it at 7.95. So breathing down the U.S.'s neck in that case. Estonia is interesting, and I'm glad that you mentioned it. The former Soviet state. Yeah, because uh, Estonia was actually involved in one of the first, I'm going to call it a beta test, Mm -hmm. of replacing government service with blockchain. Mm, uh, and that is yeah. that they were able to do in combination with uh, another, we'll call it a, a blockchain cryptocurrency type company. Uh, there was some like refugee stuff going on. And Estonia was the sponsoring country that allowed them to do what's called uh, emergency uh, ID. And that mm-hmm. is to say, if you got displaced because of a natural disaster or because of a war or something like that, you got separated from your family, you have no idea whatsoever, you could go to representatives of this blockchain company and go, hey, you know, I lost my parents, don't know where they're at, you know, my name is Bob Smith, uh, my parents are Jim and Jane, mm-hmm. uh, I'm from, you know, this city, I was born here, my aunts and uncles are this, that, and the other. They put that up on the blockchain and then they created some sort of a, uh, uh, a matching service. So if, you know, Bob or Jane Smith was like, hey, we got separated, we lost our kid, his name is Bob, whatever it is, and that would go up on the blockchain. The service would match the two together and then let them communicate so they could find each other. And Estonia was sort of the the country that sponsored that because they needed a legitimate... A legitimized country recognized by like the UN or something to sort of back this thing to make it legitimate. Otherwise, it just would have been this like weird, like, you know, app service that like mm-hmm. kind of matches people, kind of like a dating service. Yeah, I know Estonia was sort of uh, they also blazing did, a trail in like registering online corporations. They also and things did. Like that. Uh, mm-hmm. They also were, I, I believe, Estonia was the first to do blockchain notary services. So what we know as like a notary public, mm-hmm. somebody to officially put a stamp on a thing. I believe Estonia was involved in that as well. Well, it's good to see a country not following in the footsteps of like Poland and uh, Ukraine and that sort of thing where they're like, you know, we should go back to the good old days when we were in the Soviet Union because there was order and power and strength then. Never mind the massive starvation. To be fair, the former Soviet Union would be jealous AF 
about the surveillance state that exists in the oh, United yeah. States of America today. They would this would exceed their wildest imagination. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of Ukraine, it is in the bottom. I don't know, quintile, quartile, or whatever. It is at number 126 out of a potential 165 countries that they scored here. Uh, it is at 6.11. So it, they did better than Venezuela and a handful of other totalitarian states, but they're not doing so hot. Russia not doing much better. There's two indexes that they do here for the states. There's one which includes the regulations of the federal government on the economy in yeah. their score. And then there's the subnational, which does not include the federal government's regulations in their scores. So it actually results in some states being ranked higher or lower mm. when you include or disinclude the federal government's regulations. So on the chart that disincludes the federal regulations, meaning just looking at state and local controls on the economy, Arkansas ranks in at number 27. Basically, mid-pack. Not really worth talking about. They're not great. They're not terrible. Uh, that's not really that great. Fair to Midland. The number one most free economic state in the uh, fiscal year of 2020, according to this, is... And it has risen again to it uh, the top status, apparently. It's Florida. Wow. Florida taking the number one uh, position I, from New Hampshire. I don't share Our your... arch rivals. Yes. I, don't, I don't share your reaction because uh, generally New Hampshire and Florida flip-flop between the one and the two uh, since I've been paying attention to However, it. However, when you ca- uh, categorize in or calculate in the federal government's regulations into the numbers so again that was just the states and local state and local so you're talking about like uh, uh, a measurement of how it gets enforced in the state or what it's just the overall calculation of economic freedom under all three levels of government would include the federal right so uh, federal state and local under that calculation New Hampshire is the most economically free state, and Florida is number two. Right. So is that just because we don't have the things that would trigger certain law, certain federal laws in New Hampshire? I My guess is New Hampshire is better at nullifying federal law than Florida. Uh, That's just my guess. I looked at this the study. I tried to see if they had a, like a, an easy-to-understand explanation of why things are one way versus another. Why are there such differences between uh, the states in these rankings? And it wasn't real clear. So the short answer is... When you factor in federal regulations, New Hampshire's freer than Florida. But when you just look at state and local, Florida is a little bit freer than New Hampshire. And they're both close. I mean, it's yeah. it's neck and neck. Uh, the difference on New Hampshire and Florida in the overall rankings is five, t- uh, five one-hundredths of a percent. And then the difference on the state and local rankings is one-tenth of a percent between the two. So it's definitely a neck and neck tooth and nail battle here for freedom between uh, new hampshire and florida other good news though is that new hampshire and florida um at least on the state's level rankings both have climbed in their numbers so between last year and this year both florida and new hampshire have gotten more free on the further separating themselves from the rest of the pack so to speak south dakota also uh at number three has gotten more free uh as well but when you factor in the federal government it's down 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 let's see is there any state that got more free considering the federal government here no it does not appear wow it appears i mean like do you the listener of this program need any further evidence (laughs) 
of the evil that is the federal government in that it has single-handedly brought down the freedom ranking of nearly every state in the union? I think that the space between New Hampshire and Florida and pretty much everything else, like you might get another outlier, but those two and everything else, that space is going to widen. Because only New Hampshire and Florida, as far as I know, those are the only states that are really digging into into cryptocurrency. Like mm-hmm. here we have actual shops where you can actually buy things using real they good money. They don't really money. have that in Florida. Right. But uh, Florida has Miami, which is trying to position itself as well as possible, at least in marketing terms. That's all it is, though. There's well, no real selling. Well, that's it. the thing, though. Even if you just market it that way, you're going to attract people to Florida because they love Bitcoin. True. And those people love economic freedom. So that's going to shift the culture in that direction. Could It could. I mean, the, the number of crypto users is pretty small at this point still but it couldn't hurt we are due i think as far as the technology of cryptocurrency is concerned the humanity is due for a spike in something Uh, adoption usage something right like it's been around long enough there have been despite the ups and downs of the cryptocurrency market the amount of people developing around cryptocurrency has done nothing but increase year over year over year over year despite what the market is doing so i think that we're like it's got to be coming soon some oh, kind can, of a spike I can, is on I can its tell way. you when i think it's going to happen the happening so, uh, actually no Okay. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Because uh, that, that seems like the easy kill, right? So that, there, there is going to be like a massive uh, uh, upswing then. But so like right now, uh, as far as we can tell, because it's kind of difficult to tell. But if you look at like, OK, the number of wallets with small quantities, that seems to indicate new users. Mm-hmm. So it looks like even though the price is going down, even though we're in this terrible bear market, the the usage uh, throughout the world seems to be just ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. Yeah. None of these corporations that have programs that are invested in this are pulling back. They're all moving forward. And this is while the value is going down. Right. So the second the Fed stops increasing the funds rate, which is, you know, causing a, a general crash in the value of all of everything, of stocks, of land, of Bitcoin, as soon as they pivot and they will eventually pivot in theory as soon as they do, which like a lot of people think is going to happen uh, in like the first quarter of next year, maybe March. Uh, as soon as they do, that money is going to shift around. And because all of that money starts flowing back into equities, back into Bitcoin, I think that there's going to be so much attention that it's going to be a spike at that point. Mm, interesting. You're saying as soon as next year? Yeah, sometime? as soon as next year. Because I, uh, like traditionally what happens, they do the pivot, and then there's a, a, a jog down in like stock prices and everything mm-hmm. like that. Like it, Just every time that there's been a pivot, like as soon as they pivot, there's a, a, a drop-off. There's already many methods for you to use what is better known as a fiat uh, spending method to there's intermediaries right there's uh, crypto debit cards there's you know mm-hmm. the gift card sort of uh, intermediary there are a bunch mm-hmm. of ways there's to get a out ways to, to yeah. get out right that aren't necessarily going through a bank quote right. unquote right? and i don't think that the federal government's ever going to get in the way of those things because they want you using their dollars instead sure. right well, let me get into the bottom uh several states here according to the economic freedom rankings of the fraser institute 
we had talked about how in the state, again, we're just looking at state and local economic restrictions, not factoring in the federal. The top is Florida, followed shortly by New Hampshire. They're basically neck and neck. South Dakota, Tennessee, and Texas are tied for number four. And then uh, Virginia coming in after that one. And then we go to the bottom five where New York at number 50, California at number 49, Hawaii at number 48, Vermont, our next door neighbor at number 47. A huge (laughs) study in contrast, right? Upside down New Hampshire. Yeah, Mm -hmm. New Hampshire is one of the freest places on the planet. And Vermont is one of the least free of the 50 states, followed by Oregon and Maine to wrap out uh, the bottom several states there of this study now interestingly when you factor in all of the government when you look at the federal restrictions and the state and the local and the when they do that in this study they actually rank all of north america in one set of rankings so what you learn there is that actually there's some u.s states that are less free than alberta canada alberta is the most free of the canadian provinces that are ranked in this but it's still number 47 on the list of all north american states putting it above Rhode Island, Hawaii, and New York. And strangely, on this list, Delaware is the lowest-ranking U.S. state, even lower than New York when you factor in federal wow. controls. So we, well, I mean, I, I do know that they have some really special things for uh, the credit card companies down there. When this study comes out one year from now for the quote-unquote 2021 fiscal year, that'll be a whole year of under-COVID nonsense, economic restrictions, crackdowns. Expect to see lower numbers across the board. It's going to be Honestly, I think we might lose our number one spot for that year. You mean New Hampshire? Yeah, yeah, because... It could happen, yeah. I mean, they were closing down things left and right, and like, what was it, South Dakota stayed open? Yeah, they may rise up to number one. Who knows? We'll we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, But in the meantime here, uh, Peekless, you wanted to comment on these Twitter files. We have been covering them over the last few weeks. I know that uh, it's something you've been looking at pretty closely. The most recent revelations... We talked about, uh, I think it was just last night on the show, where the FBI was essentially utilizing Twitter as basically a subsidiary, having Twitter sending them usernames and saying, hey, these people are violating your terms of service, and they're saying things that shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, so, I mean, the biggest part of this is just all of these things that you might have gotten called a conspiracy theorist for believing. They were true. They're all true. We have the evidence. It's yeah, aren't right the here. the conspiracy theorists up like 37 to zero now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I yeah, mean, they're batting a thousand. I think it's about time that we realize that, okay, some conspiracy theories are crackpot. Sure. And some are absolutely airtight. So, I mean, and, and one of the things it's like, oh, well, they didn't tell them to take it down. Oh, come on. Come on. When they call up and they're like, oh, I don't know why you still have this person on your platform. What on earth do you think that means? Mm-hmm. And okay, honestly, if the FBI has a has an email list of you better not take down all of these and then each and every one of those gets taken down, I, I think we can read between the lines on what's actually going on here. Yeah. So they were giving them laundry lists of names, of usernames to take down, and they pretty much handled. abided by it all. Yeah. Handled. Now, I mean to to uh yeah take it with a, a pinch of salt as it were like keep in mind that this is still a manipulation mm-hmm. i mean 
Uh, Elon Musk is not releasing all of the information that that there is to Matt Taibbi, let alone releasing all of the information to, you know, us. Mm, sure. So that we could figure out what's yeah, important. As much as I like Matt Taibbi as a writer. He's a oh, yeah, good he's writer. amazing. Like, releasing it all to one guy or two people. Uh, I, th- I can't remember who the other person yeah, was. Yeah, he's seems, got two or three, I think. Yeah, seems a little mm, short-sighted. I don't even think that Twitter is like really the newspaper. It's just this is the paper boy yelling extra, extra and telling you the headline. Now, the actual mm-hmm. newspaper is being done on things like Substack. We're yeah. like, OK, so yeah. uh, I think I think it was Matt Taibbi. I do get him confused mm-hmm. with uh, another uh, similar journalist that like, Glenn Greenwald's on Substack. It might have been uh, uh, Glenn Greenwald. Snowden like, is on they, Substack. It, it was one of the other. Heck, it might be both. That Like they made uh, The Intercept, I think it was. Greenwald was the founder of The okay, Intercept yeah. and then subsequently was kicked out. Yeah, so, like, you have these circumstances where, like, okay, uh, they were part of these, like, major establishment papers. They saw the corruption going on, build their own thing to get away from that, and then it gets taken over. Watched it become corrupted. But that, even that doesn't matter. So, like, they are working so hard to maintain the corruption to keep us from good information, and it, it just doesn't work at all anymore. Because yeah, that's you, true. Because okay, you can go ahead and kick him out. That just means we won't read you so much mm, anymore. Right. So, uh, was there anything else you wanted to share about the Twitter files, the recent revelations? Because there's more to come. It, Elon Musk isn't done here. He's got a bunch more loaded up on deck. So, who knows where this is going next? Really? Because I, th- I thought he referred to this one as the coup de gras. No, he no, did refer more. to it as the coup de gras. Hmm. Yeah. And then he there's made a joke, about, or somebody made a joke about now. How many people are going to have to go look up what coup de gras means? <laughs> now, there's definitely more coming. Well, and uh, so one of the the things that I find just thought provoking about this is like the comparison of how would we be responding if this was the new york times and it and the fbi had a a direct line of communication with them about like well we don't think this story is appropriate for people it's because twitter hasn't been known as a publisher even though that's what it is it's publishing well everybody's thoughts yeah basically their opinions and and i think that this is kind of the beginning of uh, a very necessary change uh, a sort of a paradigm shift of realizing that there never was a separation between the people and the press you cannot have a oh well this is the government approved press Mm -hmm. that by definition cannot be what the press is show us your credentials exactly Each and every person listening to this, you are the press. The mm-hmm. second you decide that you're going to put some information out there and try and tell people about it. And things. if you have information, 603-283-6160. The government hates that, by the way. They hate the fact that news has been seeing decentralization ever since blogs started, basically. And that's basically 20 years ago at mm-hmm. this point. Anybody who wants to can go into a government meeting or go to a courthouse and say, I am the press. Now, you always could have done that, but it's more legitimate now because now all you have to do to quote-unquote be a legitimate press person is have a way to publish and of course publishing ever since the printing press has become easier and easier and and cheaper for people to get a hold of it's easier now than ever to make a video it's easier now than ever to have a podcast and it's easier to have a blog what you're describing of course is the decentralization of the printing press Mm -hmm. correct and For me, a huge part of this is the pivot from, oh, where'd you get that on the Internet? Oh, where'd you hear that (laughs) on Facebook? It's like, okay, well, that's changed. As it turns out, social media is the source of news. There's been a flippening of sorts. 
the sort of cushion that people have had, at least here in the United States, if not around the world, of this, uh, uh, you know, they blame it on COVID, but this rise in the adoption of work from home jobs, mm-hmm. right? Anything that could be done at home now is being done at home, right? And this is a bit of a cushion right. for these businesses and consumers alike, right? Because now you're you saving for a little bit of money, right? Yeah. You're, you're spending less for gas to go to work, uh, you know, transportation, clothing, right? right? You're saving a bit of money. That's only going to go so far. It's about running out, it sounds like. Yeah, I think a big part of what we're confronting here is the little-known fact that the majority of your food is oil. Like, when you break it down on the uh, calorie-for-calorie basis, you are consuming thousands and thousands of calories of oil for every one calorie of food that you take in. Because mm. they are taking all of these petro- uh, these petroleum products, they're turning them into the fertilizers that we need to grow that many calories of food. And the thing is, we don't have to be doing this and at the same time relying on that for all of our energy. Mm-hmm. Because we're not allowed to have thorium reactors. Now, we could. Right. We could very easily, if they would just take the boot off our throats. All the government has to do is get out of the way, and nuclear power could be affordable and powering every neighborhood in, in the country in short order, right? Yeah. Safe, reliable, effective, and... Cheap. Yeah, cheap for the next 10,000 years. <laughs> you just need to make sure it keeps working, and it just goes and goes. And all of that... No, we're going to everything. Yeah. So no, we're instead we're going to consume a bunch of coal. We're going to consume a bunch Mm -hmm. of oil, a bunch of natural gas just to keep us from freezing our butts off when we don't need to be doing this at all. And that's this is all stuff that like, hey, this is precious. We need to turn this into food so we don't starve. Wintertime's just getting started. Right. And it isn't even officially winter yet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, we think it's bad here. Of course, Europe's got it even worse with their more, they were greater reliant on uh, the Russian oil. But the fact mm-hmm. that Russia is being sanctioned is going to harm the entire world's economy because the oil prices are going to go right. up. That's result. absolutely right. And natural gas. That's well. absolutely right. I mean, you have a proxy war going on between the two largest producers of oil, that being Russia and the United States. Mm. Like, these are the biggest oil-producing nations in the world, and now they are refusing to allow there to be free flow of goods, so all of these prices go straight through the roof, so all the farmers are trying to cut down as much as possible and are frequently forced to cut down how much fertilizer they can put on their crops. So they're all seeing reductions. Uh, A recent survey of uh, 15 western states saw 74% of farmers were seeing a reduction in their output. Never leave your cryptocurrency on the exchange. Cardinal rule, not your keys, not your coins. If you don't own your keys, if you are not in possession of your keys, then that is not your coins and your money can be taken away from you at the whim of somebody else, as happened with FTX, the exchange. Yeah, I heard a perfect analogy to this. So if you think of the exchange like you think of a supermarket, now when you go into the market, you bring your money with you, mm-hmm. you buy what you're going to buy, you and when you out. leave, you take what you bought and whatever the rest of your money is you leave with both of them you don't just drop your wallet while it's in there you don't hand it to the cashier and say hey look after this for a while (laughs) i'll be back for it later yeah which i think is sort of an outgrowth of the 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 phrase custodial wallet Mm -hmm. you cannot have a custodial and a wallet these are like that's not how it works if it's your wallet then it's yours you can have a custodial account for sure and 
and one of the things that this is really showing up is that, hey, you think that your money's safe in a bank. It ain't. It ain't. Well, it's not safe from inflation. That's for damn sure. Wherever well, it is, you it's have not a safe from inflation. It's not safe from uh, a bail-in. Mm. If uh, if you're that's familiar like a haircut, with the- right? Yeah, well, uh, a bail-in is where they just say, oh, well, uh, our country has too many debts, so we're just going to take like 10% yeah. of all of the bank accounts in our country and uh, suck it up, buttercup. You, usually That's they call that now. a haircut in uh, the terminology that I've seen, but yes, the same concept. Well, so uh, haircut's kind of a general term for any time that you lose money, and I despise that term because like, a haircut's a, a, a good, fine, and decent thing. This is <laughs> stealing. This is straight, straight up, up theft. Stealing, yeah. And I I mean, like, who calls it a haircut when you lose $10,000? Come on. But look, Jimmy, the, the fact is cryptocurrency isn't right for everybody. We would, I don't think we would advocate that everybody, quote unquote, get into cryptocurrency. It's really right for people that want to see uh, money being put into the hands or the power of money being put into the hands of the individual. If that's not something that you value, then you probably are better off sticking with the government-controlled stuff like the PayPal's and the uh, the debit cards yeah. and the credit cards. Yeah, the if world. you don't care that the USD loses value for you year over year over year over year, and you don't, you know, you want to put it somewhere else other than cryptocurrency, far out, solid, and right yeah, up. Grab some gold and silver. That's always a good option yep. too. Are you against that as well, Jimmy? Just curious. Well, if when when you in Florida go independent and go to crypto, what are we going to do then? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What we? What are we going to do? Throw a big party. We are going to be throwing a very big switch on the radio version of Free Talk Live, <laughs> and also the online streamed live version right. as well. Having a mental image of Frankenstein. Flip the switch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, master. <laughs> Uh, that is going to happen. The last show of this particular format that we're doing is going to be in two weeks on New Year's Eve. And then starting on New Year's Day, we are going to be officially migrating back to our old original syndicate, which is called Genesis Communications Network. We're happy to be going uh, back home to GCN. Oh. And at the same time, we're going to implement what they call a clock or a new clock for Free Talk Live. And we're going to be cutting out two of our four commercial breaks per hour. Just going to get rid of them. 50% reduction in commercials? Uh, well, maybe? 50% reduction in commercial breaks because breaks. like uh, okay. the, yeah, the, the top the one's are still going to be ways. longer. But Yeah, so uh, it's going to be an eight-minute per hour reduction in commercials. Nice. And that's going to be eight more minutes roughly of talk time per hour. And For you, so we're talking about an extra 24 minutes of talk time per three-hour show. So we're, we're talking about 20% more Free Talk Live actual show content nice. every single night. This is a huge change. It's honestly something we should have done 10 years ago. But radio doesn't change quickly, unfortunately, <laughs> which is one of the reasons why we're doing this. Because, you know, there's a lot of commercials on the radio. And there's not a lot of commercials in online audio content. So Are, we want to be more competitive. Is that. Free Talk Live innovating in this particular instance? I would say yes, generally. I mean, it's not to say that there aren't other shows on the radio that have a lesser commercial interruption format, but they tend to be overnight shows. Uh-huh. So there really isn't anyone else in our day part that I've seen. And I looked around before, yeah. you know, I did some research to see, well, who else is is sort of at this level of as few commercials as we can possibly get away with and mm-hmm. still keep our radio affiliates, basically, because we had to cut their commercials, too. Right. We cut right. out four of the what they call the local commercials from the local stations, and we cut out four of our what we call network commercials where we are where we run our advertisements. So it's an even Stephen cut. So that's fair. 
And when all's said and done, the local stations still get way more commercials than we do. We're down to two minutes of network starting on January 1st per hour. And I know this is like behind the scenes, inside baseball stuff, but it's... it's kick behind the kimono. It is really important to, I think, make this change because... New media is out there, and it's starting to eat old media's lunch. I mean, we've been talking. We talked about this earlier with television. People are leaving the old media; they're going to the new media, and that's because it's it's more available. There's more options, and there are fewer commercials. So, the, I think the best thing we can do for the future of this show on the radio is go in a fewer, less commercials kind of uh, direction. That's what we're going to start doing on yeah. uh, January first. Well, so, I look mean, forward to it. Like if you're used to like uh, Hulu or YouTube for watching programs yeah. and the the amount of commercials there, and then you flip on the television for the first time in a long time, yeah. it is just shocking how much of the time is spent with commercials. Well, to be fair, they are increasing that time on YouTube, from what I understand. Yeah, they're, they're testing yeah. to see how far they can push things mm-hmm. with their their advertising. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like uh, having a subscription for heated seats, personally. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that this week, as a matter of fact. It's crazy stuff that the car yeah. companies are doing. Uh, let's but go to... Yeah. I, I just want to say I'm really excited about the fact that like a lot of times we just have these great conversations mm-hmm. that we have to have during the break. Sarah, what were you trying to say? Yeah, so Albuquerque um, wants to, our city wants to take those abandoned hotels and turn them into low-income apartments. And so hmm. I just think it's a really wonderful idea, and um, California have started this. So my question is, why did it take so long? I Who mean, is I, going I to run been... these apartments? Is the Albuquerque city government going to be in charge of this program? How is this going to operate? Well, I I think it's uh, like an Albuquerque Housing Authority or some kind of a low-income apartment. I, I don't know who. They might give it to, like, heading home. I don't, I don't know what agency is going to mm-hmm. take care of it, but it's going to be definitely subsidized. Oh, okay. Yeah, that figures. That, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so, so that people that don't have money can get an apartment if they're approved. Like, uh, it could be 100% subsidized to... Uh, Homeless person that has a social worker. How many abandoned hotels are there in Albuquerque? I I really I'm not uh, keeping track of all of it. Do you see them? I mean, there's enough to where you're like downtown and you're looking around, and there's an abandoned hotel. Or is this just something you sort of hear about? Well, I know I've seen them, um, like hotel, like Motel One. And it still has like twenty nine ninety five uh, on it, and you know that's wow. So it's been closed for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I mean, I, I think they stopped doing business like eight, mm. ten years ago. I Damn, because most hotels are going for what eighty nine ninety five here. Um, that's the that's the, that's the so called economy in is like ninety bucks. Right. Yeah. yeah. Lodge. Yeah. So well, I mean, so that's an abandoned. Well, that, so the thing is, first, like. I I mean I'm with you as far as not wanting to see these things go wasted, but yeah. what you what you don't I doubt you realize is that the reason that these go wasted is because of the incredible amounts of regulation on what is required to have housing mm-hmm. or hotels. There's yeah. an incredible amount of oversight for that, so it's really expensive just to have a hotel, and it is impossible to run these at the like low cost housing of where they're at, so that they don't just get wasted. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds... 
please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.